and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Good morning church, how are you? Good, it's good to have you here. I've never seen so much green in this church. Um, there we go. So uh, we're, we're doing our absolute best to get you out of here before the game. I think it starts, what, at 2 o'clock? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, if you are visiting with us this morning, it's so good to have you here with us. My name is Ramon, and it's just um, an absolute privilege to have you here this morning. For all of our regulars, it's always always a pleasure to have you here with us. If you've been here with us for the last couple of weeks, you'll know that we're about three weeks into a, into a series, and it's called Armor. And essentially, we're just talking around the last part of, of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Um, the, the, the first part of this letter is all about the Christian life, how to, how to really live a life, a good life, but a life that honors God. And then the second part, well, not the second part, the last chapter of this letter is, in, we find it in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul starts to kind of shift gears a bit. And he, he shifts from, how do I live a life that honors God, to we need to stop and pay attention. That there's something that comes at us, and it's called the strategies of the devil. Now, you may be sitting here, and you may not believe in the devil, and that's your right to not believe in the devil. Uh, we said a couple of weeks ago that the devil's not looking for your recognition. Uh, he's just looking for your distraction, which leads to your destruction. But ultimately, Paul says to us that as these, as these um, uh, strategies come our way, that we are to put up godly defenses. He, he talks about this godly defense as an armor. And he says that we should put on this full armor. We should put on this full godly defense. So week one, we, we spoke around putting on truth. That, that Paul, Paul says to us, we should put on truth. And when he says to us, we should put on truth, what he's really saying is that we should put on the who of truth, being Jesus. That, that, that Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So we should put on Jesus and our lives should be centered around Christ. How do we do this? By engaging with the truth of his word. That in the first week we, we then challenged ourselves to say, okay, if we're going to engage with the truth of his word to, to, so that it'll be this, this, this godly defense in our lives, then maybe we should actually remember some of it. So, so we started a, 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 a truth of the week and we encouraged us as a community to, hey, for the next 52 weeks, let's memorize a scripture a week, a truth a week. And then last week we had a bit of fun with it. And guess what? This week we're going to have a bit of fun with it. However, we changed the format because we figured if every week we just say the first person up here, like people are going to get hurt. So... We had a roaming scout outside before the service just asking folks, hey, are you taking part? If you're taking part, do you know the truth of the week? So we found someone, and right now I'd like to invite Busman up. 
Usman. Yeah. Do you know the truth of this week? Yes. Go yes, I do. This means anyone that belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Well done, sir. Now, before you run away, you have to choose one of these bags, but choose very carefully because there's very different stuff in there. You want to take that one? Okay, what is in your bag? Because I want to know. Goodies from the shop. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Fantastic. All right. So join in the challenge. This might seem trivial, but it's just maybe an attempt to just create a bit of excitement. Because, folks, I believe that when we have the truth of God at hand, then it doesn't matter what comes our way. We have a ready defense. Isn't that the truth? All right. Week two, we went into, into putting on the righteousness of God. Paul speaks of it as a, as a breastplate or, or body armor. And what righteousness essentially means is to be in right standing with God. There we go. Now you guys can hold me accountable so you can go watch rugby. All right. To be in right standing with God. It's not not putting on self-righteousness, but putting on the righteousness of God. And how do we put on this righteousness? How do we put on God's righteousness? It's by daily having a heart of gratitude towards Him. It's about daily coming to Him and saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Lord, thank you for your love. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you. Thank you for your acceptance. We say thank you that because of Jesus, I'm in right standing with you. This week, we move on to the third piece of armor that we are to put on. Paul carries on in Ephesians 6 verse 15. He says, For shoes... Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Now, as I read this for the first time, I kind of, my, my mind ran away with it a bit. Well, not the first time, this, this week when I read it. Um, my mind just ran away with it. And, and, and as he talks, he, he speaks about these, these shoes that, that we put on of peace. And I don't know about you, but when I put my shoes on, I, like, I step into my shoes. Okay? You might have some other trick that you get your feet into your shoes with. But when, when I put on my shoes, I, I step into my shoes. And, and as, as I read this, for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news, it, it just kind of, something resonated in my heart where I just saying, Paul's essentially saying to us, we need to step into peace. As we would step into shoes, we need to step into the peace of God. You see, Jesus said this to us in John 14 verse 27. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind 
and hot. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So here Jesus is saying, hey, I have a gift for you. And this gift is peace. It's it's peace of heart. And it's peace of mind. How many of us can say that we can do with a whole lot more of that? I know I can. And as I, as I think of the stepping into peace and, and, and really this peace of heart and peace of mind, I come to a realization that it's a choice, isn't it? Stepping into peace is a choice. I can't just kind of fall into peace. It just doesn't, doesn't just happen through osmosis. No, I, I have to make a choice to actually step into peace. But it also requires action. What he said here was, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news. Put on. It's an action. For me to step into peace, it requires action. And he says, that comes from the good news. So what I'm reading there is that, The good news precedes peace. The word of God comes before peace. In order for me to step into the space of peace, I need to engage with the good news of Jesus Christ. What are we saying? Well, essentially what we're saying is that this is really the application of week one and week two that we've been speaking around the past two weeks. And as we do this, we prepare ourselves by putting on this godly defense. Now, if there's something that I've come to learn about peace, is that we have godly peace, and then we also have man-made peace, where, where we try and manufacture our own peace. Maybe it looks like something like distancing myself in relationship. I don't allow people close. Because if I allow people close, then my peace could be disrupted at some place because I could get hurt. Someone could actually get a little too close and then in some way hurt me. So I build up these boundaries. I build up these walls. I separate myself in relationship to make sure that no one messes with my peace. Or or, or maybe it's, it's, it's a case of when it comes to my finances, I just, I just save everything because a day may come where we need to get into some bunker and eat beans for the next millennia. Or maybe maybe it's in the form of, of sucking up to your boss like all the time to ensure job security. Or maybe it looks more like I take like 76 vitamins every morning. And all I eat is budgie seed. And I go to the gym like 12 times a day just to make sure that I beat any disease that could come my way. Now, now please don't mishear me this morning. 
I don't want you to get the wrong impression because I believe that we need to be wise in relationship. I believe that. Uh, I believe that there is absolute wisdom in saving. If you're not saving anything right now, it's a good idea to start. I believe that we need to especially... Folks, if I call myself a Jesus follower and I step into my workplace, there better be a difference in my work ethic to anyone else around me. And not in a negative way, but in a positive way. I believe in having a good work ethic. It was John Maxwell, he wrote a book called uh, There's No Such Thing as Business Ethics. There are ethics. Full stop. I believe that we should eat well and exercise. What are we saying? We should be good stewards of what God has placed in our hands. But if we've put our trust in these things, I want to to say this, folks. If you've put your trust in these things to manufacture your own peace, then know this. It is temporary. And you will serve it to sustain it for the rest of your life. See, because Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. I cannot manufacture the peace of God in my own life. I cannot manufacture a peace that comes anywhere close to the peace of God in my own life. The only true and real lasting peace that I can come into contact with is the peace of God. So, where does this peace come from? I want to say this. When everything that happens around you is a threat, when everything that happens around you is a threat to your peace, then then you have to ask a question. Do you actually have the peace of God or have you manufactured your own peace? I'm going to take a bit of a risk now because I realize that there are going to be folks who are going to see this next part very differently to the way I see it. And that's okay. Um, I'm willing to step on a couple of toes this morning. But this past week we had such a good example of of us, Christians, (laughs) of our, our peace being threatened. We, we had a situation where, where a father walked into a school and saw some artwork that he found highly offensive and, 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 um, and blasphemous. And as he looked at this, he, he, was, well, he said he wasn't emotional, but if you watch the whole video, he got pretty angry. And I want to say this, I understand why. I do. When you see the artwork, you, you, you get why he, why it hurt him. Can we say that? But his next step was film the artwork, make a video, put it on social media, and call all Christians to rise up and protest the school. And as I watched this video and as I watched this whole thing unfold, uh, I, I went back to the artwork and, and, and as he, he panned past the artwork, I saw something a little different. 
See, as, as I started looking at this artwork, uh, I, I actually started seeing hurt. I started seeing pain. I started seeing disillusionment. See, this, the, the young person who'd created this artwork had clearly had a really, really bad experience with Christians or the church or both. And it was clearly visible through the artwork that was displayed. <coughs> the artwork essentially portrayed that Jesus is a clown, his followers are a joke, and the church is actually just all about money. So as I say, I can understand the, the father's upsetness. But what happened? Hey, Christians got offended. And on social media, Christians ended up demonizing this young person and, and, and lashing out at this young person and, and the school and essentially just reinforcing every belief this kid has about Jesus, his followers, and the church. Now, a few months ago, there was a, there was a prominent worship leader who came out and said, <clears throat> in my walk of faith, uh, I have some questions. Uh, I've got some doubts. I'm not sure about certain things. And thank God, there was a handful of people who started to engage with this, with this worship leader and, and, and came alongside to support, but at the same time, try to walk a road to, 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 to find some form of, of, of understanding for, for this person. But the overwhelming majority of what happened on social media was Christians lambasting this guy, saying that you are an absolute disgrace to the faith and you are going to burn in hell. Those were the exact words. Not one comment, several comments. Not very different to the response that we saw this past week towards this student. Now, as Christ follows, what, what should our response be in this moment where our, our peace is disturbed? See, Jesus said this. He said in John 13, verse 35, he said this. He said, how will an unbelieving world know that you are mine? By the way that you go to social media and post how offended you are at this blasphemous work. No, it's not what Jesus said at all. Jesus said, how will the unbelieving world know that you're mine? By this one thing, by the way that you love. So, shouldn't our response to the students have been to rather recognize the hurt, recognize the disillusionment. Maybe try and find some way to reach out to this student and, 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 and try and journey with them. To maybe come to the root of the matter as opposed to freaking out at the fruit of the matter. 
Instead of protesting in hatred because of our offense, would the Christ-like response not have been to maybe try and start a dialogue? Looking past the fruit and attending to the heart of the matter. But the truth be told, we live in a social media culture, don't we? Where everyone has a platform and more rights than sense. Where the heart of Christ takes a back seat to the freedom of speech and our rights. God help us. Maybe if you have a social media account, possibly 90% of us here, maybe if you have a social media account, you should think long and hard while you pray long and hard before you ever hit the post button. Maybe we should reach out instead of lashing out. Maybe we should close our social media accounts and open up our lives to the hurting, the broken, and the disillusioned. Maybe we should move from being critics to being Christ-like. So when everything that happens around me is a threat to my peace, maybe I should stop and just ask this question. Is the peace that I have manufactured by myself? Or is this really the peace of God that I've stepped into? Is this built by by my own human hands as my own human defense? (laughs) Or have I armed myself with a godly defense? See, if there's something I know about the peace of God, it's that the peace of God reproduces the peace of God. And this week, just being honest, you may have a very different opinion. That video did not reproduce the peace of God. Now, please, not for a minute am I dissing this dad. Not for a minute am I, am, am I, am I speaking out against the dad. I don't know what I would have done in that moment. I'd love to believe that I would have done what I've just said. Come on, guys, let's be honest. I don't know what I would have done in the moment. But I pray, I pray that if I was ever found in this position, that my response would leave behind the peace of God. That my actions wouldn't lead to war, but that my actions would lead to the peace of God. That I could see past my own offense, see past my, my, past my own pain and my own hurt and, and maybe start to see the other person's pain and hurt. And to start to see the person through God's eyes as opposed to my own offense. That I would act in love that would reproduce his peace. Now, I know that there's some of you sitting here and you may have a bit of a more of a militant point of view of, of the things of God and you may be like, this is such flippin' hippie Jesus stuff. All peace and love. Folks, I want to say this about the love of Jesus. There's nothing hippie about the love of Jesus because there's nothing passive about the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus is active. 
It gets stuck into our lives. It gets stuck into the mess of our lives. It gets itself dirty so that it can get invested into the lives that it's trying to reach. That's the love of Jesus. So, how do we put on this peace? Well, we've said we need, we need to engage with the, with the truth of God. We need to engage with the good news. <laughs> Paul said here, for shoes put on peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. I, I love what, what, what the prophet Isaiah said. And, and if you are following the truth of the week, this is the truth of the week. The prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah 26 verse, verse 3. He said, you will keep in perfect peace. I want that. I want that. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Isaiah speaking to God here. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All those, sorry, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So how do I put on this peace? By fixing my eyes on Jesus. By keeping my focus firmly planted on Jesus. The author and the finisher of my faith. Think about that moment where, where, where Peter's in the boat and Jesus is walking on water. And, 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 and Peter calls out to Jesus and he says, and he says, Lord, call out to me so I can come to you walking on the water. And Jesus says, Peter, come. And, and, and Peter steps out of the boat and he starts walking on the water towards Jesus. And as he's walking towards Jesus, when did things go pear? When he shifted his focus. When he took his eyes off Jesus. That is when he started to notice the wind. That's when he started to notice the waves. That's when he started to notice all the things in life that would drown him in the moment. You see, so, so often, folks, we, we feel like we have these moments in life where we're going to drown. <laughs> but it's all because somewhere along the line, we shifted our focus from Jesus to our circumstances, to the wind and to the waves. How, how do we recalibrate, hey, shift our eyes, fix our eyes firmly on the author and the finisher of our faith? You see, it, Paul said this in Philippians 4, verse, verse 6 to 7. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in the wind, in the waves, in a really dodgy art project, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want to say this. Worship team, if you'll come up. We spoke earlier on about stepping into peace. And there's something very attractive about someone who lives in the peace of God. 
There's something very appealing about someone who walks around with a legitimate peace of God in their lives. I want to say the singles, if you're here today, if you want to be attractive to the opposite sex, and I kind of want to put a disclaimer in there and, and say, if you want to be attracted, if you want to be attractive to the right person, because there's a very big difference. If you want to be attractive to the right person, man, learn what it means to walk and live in the peace of God. Employees, if you feel like, man, if I could only get into that meeting, I know that I could step up and get that promotion. Learn to live in the peace of God. Because there's nothing more attractive. There's an old saying that says, that says, you behave yourself into rooms. And you can also behave yourself out of rooms. When we function in the peace of God, it, it, it gives us the capacity to, to behave ourselves into rooms. Because when there's a real struggle in the room and solutions are needed, who are they going to call, man? The guy who brings drama? guy who brings peace I don't know where you're at today maybe maybe you don't experience this peace maybe you haven't been in a place where where you actually find peace the news freaks the heck out of you the conversations that you engage with daily they just completely overwhelm you when when the sensational things come around you grab hold of them And you've and, and you got this constant war with your surroundings, your environment. And this morning, you say, man, I, I want to step into peace. Because you see, once we step into peace and we really just keep our eyes firmly planted on Christ, we start to walk in His peace. We start to live lives that reproduce His peace around us. This morning, you may be in a space where you're going, ah, you know, ah, I so desperately desire the peace of God. And this morning, I, I want to ask you to be, to be a little bold. I want to ask you right there in your seat to step into peace. It's just a, it's just a, a little action. It's a, if I can say this, it's just putting a bit of action to our faith this morning. If that is you, then I want to ask you to just stand to your feet. Just stand up right there in your seat. Lord, I desire your peace. Lord, I desire the peace that goes beyond my understanding. Man, I cannot explain it because I do not understand it. But I'm so grateful that this morning I can come to you and just ask you, Lord, I desire that peace. So right there in your seat, I know it may seem or feel silly, But I'm going to ask you to just do two things. To just symbolically, just look up. Lord, I choose to look at you. I choose to fix my eyes firmly on Jesus. And then even if it's two centimeters because there's a chair in front of you, just to take a step forward. Just say, Lord, I choose to step into your peace. Father God, as folks have just taken, dare I say, a bit of a prophetic action in their lives, Lord. 
Lord, I thank you that your word says that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Lord, and that as we, as a people, long to experience your peace, Lord. Lord, I thank you that this morning we can step into your peace as we just keep our eyes firmly focused on the creator of heaven and earth. On, on, on the one who speaks to the wind and the waves, who speaks to the circumstance and tells it to be calm. Lord, that you come and that you calm the storm in our lives, Lord, simply because we've shifted our focus from the junk around us to the King of Kings in us. And we thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name. And if you agree, just say, Amen. Amen. Praise God, man. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.